0: Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Durant, the founder and managing director of Diapoint. I was a career healthcare manager and consultant, and I left the corporate world in 2016 to create a place for people touched by diabetes. I gained a lot of unanticipated, unexpected experience in diabetes when my 20-month-old son was diagnosed with type 1 at the young age of 20 months old. And that took me on a journey of learning that I could not have received anywhere else and a lot of what we do at Diapoint is sharing information, sharing our learned experience, support others to get access to information and supplies and and also support other people to share their learned experience as well. And one of the things I did early on was because we love to travel, and I found travel with diabetes was a whole new challenging experience that I had never expected before. So several years ago, I created a travel with diabetes guide. And because spring break's coming up and so many people, actually, I think the week this episode airs, it's going to be spring break. And because so many people with diabetes travel and they find this incredibly challenging, I thought it might be good to review some of those notes and things that are super helpful if you're traveling and you have diabetes. And of course, it was a very, you know, now some people, this might be the first time you've traveled since COVID. Um, Of course, you know, before we all needed our PCR tests and all these other things. So all of that aside, if you have diabetes, there's still a lot of different things that you need to consider. Or if you care for someone with diabetes, and if you have a child that's been recently diagnosed, I understand the um, concern, or maybe you're afraid to travel, or you're not sure what to expect, but it can be done, and you will still have a wonderful time. It just requires a little more preparation. So please don't let diabetes stop you from traveling. The more you learn about your child and their diabetes, or the more you learn about yourself in familiar and unfamiliar surroundings, then the more you'll enjoy where you are, no matter what you're doing, whether that's a social situation or if you travel to the other side of the world. So before you go, double check your destination where you're going. Of course, check for the usual things, the vaccines and things like that, but also you might want to see if there's any additional things that you might need for your diabetes when you travel. We always carry a letter from our doctor that's signed and it lists all the um, medical supplies that will in medications that we have to travel with. That's really important. It's important to show that at the airport. Um, we would always show it as to why we have all these supplies in our bag or why sometimes you know airlines might ask you to, check your carry on at the gate and put it under the plane. And then I'm like, no, sorry, it's full of medical devices. So, you know, forget that I'm, I'm rolling up there like a farmer rep. But if you're going somewhere for a week or two, you want to keep your supplies close to you. So having that doctor's letter, no matter what country it's from, does help. And in there, you'll want him to mention or her to mention everything that includes medications, treatment for low blood sugars, devices, and and any other thing that you really need. If you will travel across time zones, ask your doctor how to dose for this because your body and system and your circadian rhythms are going to get confused if you have to travel across many time zones and this will affect your blood sugar. So ask them what you should do. Ask them what you should do if it's a long flight. Is there anything that you need to do with your insulin or other medications? Ask for maybe some prescriptions for additional supplies and medication. Now, of course, you know, you it, it might be challenging to get that from your insurance company or, or whatever. But let's say if you're traveling over the summer holidays and you're going for several weeks and you need extras, then you'll want to try to get those before you leave. Or sometimes maybe you're going to a country where you can buy insulin over the counter. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe you don't need an extra supply, but just try to plan out your trip to know when you will be able to access or buy it. So flying with diabetes, airlines have something called a diabetic meal. And they're typically low in carb and okay, if you're type two and, you're watching your carb intake. A diabetic meal might be an option. I'm gonna tell you once a former colleague of mine, she um moved on and, and was she always wanted to work in the airline industry. So she was working for an airline and somehow she saw we were traveling or something. And so she flagged um my son to get a diabetic meal. And that meal came. And it was, I mean, let's be honest here. Airline food isn't all that great all the time. There's a couple of airlines out there that do it well. But having said that, you know, it's not always good. So when it was time to eat, and this was when my son was really young, like three years old or so or two, and out came the diabetic meal. And it was tasteless. And it, it was just not something as an adult that I would enjoy. And it definitely wasn't something that that a child would enjoy. Now, having said that some of the kid meals are full of sugar and nobody needs to be eating all the junk food that some of the kid meals have in it. That's my point for highlighting all the sugar. So sometimes what we do is we'll buy a meal or we'll bring our own lunch or food before we go on the plane that works well with smaller kids then you know how many carbs they're taking. And it's not about restriction, but it's just about making sure that you have food with them that they enjoy eating because if they don't enjoy it, then you're going to be dealing with a lot of hypos. Same for if you're an adult, if you don't enjoy the food that you're getting, or if it, you know, at least you can eat some of it, then that will enable you to better manage your blood sugars. Um, For those that have celiac, I think some airlines also have gluten-free meals as well. So that's a really good thing. And if you do want a special meal, most airlines do need to be notified of this at least two days before you travel. Some, it might be 24, but you want to do that in plenty of time. So do that and just make sure you have really good snacks. What do I pack? Huh, everything. Everything. If you've been following me for a while, somewhere deep back in my social media, I have a picture of all the things that I have as we're preparing for a summer holiday. I don't put all the supplies in one piece of luggage because what if that luggage got lost? I spread them out across luggages. I'll put some in my luggage and some in my husband's luggage or some in my son's luggage but I carry the majority of the critical things that we need. I carry them on um, juice boxes are we were kind of when he was younger, a go-to for treating low blood sugar. I would spread those out across different luggages. And then I would carry a few um, with us, but I'll talk about that in a few minutes because TSA that gets alarmed. Airport security gets alarmed at juice boxes. So I put extra snacks in our luggage as well. So that way, Let's say if we're flying, you arrive late at night and nothing's open, you can't get any food, then at least you have some food in your hotel room or wherever you're staying. In our carry-on, at minimum, I suggest a doctor's letter, um, a list of emergency contacts just in case, especially if you're traveling by yourself, any health insurance paperwork that you might need, some kind of fast-acting sugar to treat loaves healthy snacks, as I mentioned before. If you're on a pump, you'll want to take extra infusion sets, reservoirs, batteries you're not supposed to have in the plane, so make sure you have a new battery in your insulin pump when you get on or that it's fully charged, and then you could always put extras in your luggage. I always bring at least two glucose meters, an extra one in case one gets lost or broken. And sometimes I may carry that on with me or I may not. Those, depending on where you're going, if it's, you know, a a country with a lot of pharmacies, then you, you might be able to pick up one, but you might not. I bring a lot of extra test strips. I carry some with me and I also put some extras in the luggage. Syringes, just in case if we use an insulin pump and if I ever had to draw insulin out, Of a reservoir or something, if there's a pump malfunction. And sometimes we've had to manually inject. So even though you hardly ever need it, you never know. Just throw a few extras in there. Or if you're, you know, if you're taking insulin with you, even if you're pumping, we have pens. We take um, also the, you know, needles for the end in case we had to inject, but syringes have come in handy on a few occasions. Glucagon. You should always have glucagon with you, even if you're traveling or not. And I would highly recommend to not put that in a luggage unless you have extra, and but always have one with you, whether it's injectable or inhalable glucagon, whatever kind you have. That is really critical to have when you travel. I have had to use it once when we traveled. Um, My son had a severe low, and I think it was just due to the time change and so many other factors. Involved in that, he was quite young and I used the glucagon and I was glad I had it with me. But it it wasn't while we were on an airplane or anything. It was after we got to our destination. Unfortunately, we were at a friend's house at the time. Ketone strips and a ketone testing kit. So, So if you're testing ketones with the urine, you'll want urine strips. If you have a glucose meter or some other meter that tests ketones, then you'll want to make sure you have all the supplies for that because that'll be super critical if you get sick or let's say if you did go into DKA and had to go to the hospital, it's very handy and helpful to have a ketone meter with you so that you can check your own ketones. Because say, for example, what if you're traveling to a country and maybe there's not good English speakers there and so trying to explain what ketones are, to measure them. And then it may take 24 hours or so. One one hospital, and actually that was not when we traveled. One hospital once told me that it would take them 24 hours to get a ketone test back, which was quite alarming considering how urgent and emergent the situation can get. And I also carry other medications for my child and also myself. I would travel with you know, like a, like a paracetamol in case they get a headache or if you get a fever. So I bring other medications like that for fever and nausea. You can ask your doctor what is best and what to bring. I have some that I prefer and that work well for us, but please ask a qualified physician for any any medications or any supplies that you're going to get. On the day of travel, if you're going to the airport early, Airport security can take a long time. And especially if you have di- diabetic supplies, the bags are often searched sometimes. If you use juice to treat a low, security may not allow it, and then you get more search. So just make sure that you go soon enough to stand in line and you know potentially be randomly selected for a search, or maybe not so random if you have liquids like juice or something. I also ask my doctor um, in the letter that we carry to please write down the, you know, mentioned juice boxes as well that we travel with it just in case. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes nobody even asks, but that's also not a bad thing. But also keep in mind that you might be able to purchase juice in the airport after you pass security. So, if you listen to our last episode, you would have heard the story how I accidentally ordered way too many um, Smarties a candy from the U.S. that we know used to treat Lowe's. And it works really well when traveling because it's not a liquid. Um, so something like that is helpful. And then still, after we go through security, I'll pick up a juice just to, to have it on the plane next to us. If you use an insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor, please check with the pump company what to do about security checks. In most cases, they say they should not go through the x-ray machines. And usually that's not an issue, but sometimes it is. And security is like, has never seen this device. They've never seen a continuous glucose monitor or a sensor. And it can look quite, you know, technical so they'll stop and ask and that can you know create some um what's the word i'm looking for some hesitations or some delays in your pass through security so if they ask uh, just stay calm let them search it, explain what it is, let them understand it, show them the letter from your doctor and different things like this. But it's best to ask your doctor and the pump manufacturer what to do before you travel. Like I said, if your search just comply, it's annoying It's humiliating when everything in your bag is everywhere and it might take a long time. So that's why I say make sure you can try to get there early, especially if it's like a spring break or just after school, because a lot of a lot of other people are traveling or if it's, you know, during a holiday. Um, I always became mindful of this when once when my son, he was about five years old or so. And we were leaving the U.S. and we had a juice box because we were flying from the U.S. all the way to Dubai, which is quite a long flight. So I had a couple of juice boxes. Alarms went off. My son's hands were swiped for explosives. And then they proceeded to take everything out of my luggage and wipe every corner of that and take it apart. My son was watching me to see my reaction. Inside, I was fuming, I was humiliated, I was upset, I was angry, I was angry at security, I was angry at diabetes. And I was even more shocked when the woman that was swiping the bag proceeded to tell me, yeah, I understand diabetes, my neighbor's daughter has type one. And I just, I, I couldn't say anything to her. I Because my son was watching my reaction. I didn't want to become outraged because i felt like if you know a little bit about type 1 then why are we going through this humiliating process of being searched but it is what it is it doesn't help i've been in other airports in the world and there have been arguments because we you know didn't want to put sensors through the x-ray machine and it didn't always go you know so well And a lot of security and a lot of other people as as you experience in day to day, they will insist that they understand diabetes, because a neighbor or a parent has type two or something like that. And type one and type two are very different. And if you have type two, you have your supplies that you need to travel with as well. And you have to advocate to carry what you need. It's it's not easy for anyone. But You got to try to stay cool when dealing with the security because diabetes is already so frustrating and it'll just delay you getting to your flight. The more you resist, the more you shout and scream about how ridiculous it is, even though it is ridiculous, there's nothing we can do about it. They have that um, job role where they're in control. So let them search, let them see it all put it back in, and then get on with your holiday. Weather. Weather can affect blood sugar, just like medications. So insulin that's been kept cold too long or stored at a warmer temperature will no longer be effective. So insulin has a temperature range. It's on the box. So make sure that you check it. Extreme temperature could also, from what I've read, cause your insulin pump to malfunction. Now, I'm not saying don't go skiing, but this is what I read in a manufacturer, um, instructional brochure once. If you're going to go maybe, um, climb some glaciers or something like that, you might want to ask. I've been told by doctors and others that if you're skiing, if you're using an insulin pump, because it's inside your jacket and it's close to your body, that it should stay warm enough. But again, double check with your doctor if you have any questions. And a way to avoid having these blood sugar fluctuations is just continue to check your blood sugar as much as possible. You might want to check it a little more, especially in the first days of your trip as you get acclimated to where you are. Make sure that you stay hydrated during your trip. Drink a lot of water. Traveling dehydrates us. Um, Flying dehydrates us. People with diabetes can be more sensitive to dehydration, and dehydration will affect your blood sugar. I have also been told that it affects how well the insulin is absorbed by your body. And if you're using an an insulin pump, it's important to stay hydrated so that your insertion sites and everything are working okay. If you have neuropathy, take special care of your feet. Make sure you have comfortable shoes and they're broken in and watch closely for any cuts or blisters you get on your feet to make sure that you take care of those. If you're traveling in a place where you don't speak the language, then maybe get some keywords or phrases related to diabetes before you go. Look those up, write those down. If the word for insulin doesn't resemble anything like insulin, write it down so you have it handy, just in case. Um, this can make a huge difference at maybe airport security, or if you needed medical help, or if you had to pick some things up from the pharmacy. And it's fun to learn lo- another language too. So, you know, uh, those are just some of the basic things that I think about and suggest when traveling. And I think the biggest thing is just the packing. Packing in general, even for myself, I don't have diabetes. Packing in general can be tricky because you want to take enough, but you don't want to take too much. And throw diabetes in the mix and it can get even trickier. So I think... Be prepared, try, you know, don't, I over-prepare, so I always do bring backup supplies, but whatever you do, don't let diabetes stop you from doing something that you want to do or going somewhere you want to go or having an experience that you want to experience. Many people around the world travel successfully with diabetes and you can too. And if you'd like to have this in a written form, if you go to our website, diapointme.com, or also diapointshop.com, on either of those sites, if you go to resources, and I'll also put the link in the show notes, you can download our free travel guide so that you have everything listed there for what you need and have a look at it. There's some other links in there, um, like a diabetes tra- insulin travel calculator, but again, talk to your physician about your insulin and things like that. There's links to products in the DiaPoint shop that we use when we travel. Those are very helpful. Like different things to um, keep insulin cool and extra pump packs if you need or other things to carry your diabetes supplies in. As always, where you are here, to, if you have any questions about anything you heard today, please ask your doctor or your diabetes team. You're always welcome to send us an email at info at at info at diapointme.com. Reach out anytime. And if you are traveling for the spring break or any other holiday anytime soon, we'll have an Eid coming up after Ramadan. I wish you a wonderful, safe trip, and I hope you have a wonderful experience. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating or write some comments. Um, We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to share it with your friends also if you liked it. It helps us help you. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. Thank you again so much for joining. Have a lovely day.